Coming to you live from an intergalactic resort where rich a-holes pay top dollar to enjoy a consequence-free vacation away from death. Ah, what a life rich a-holes lead. This is Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Travis. Hello, everyone. This is Brandon. Not Welcome sick. Welcome back. Not <laughs> at all. Not near death, not uh, barely grasping by a thread to uh, life itself. Brandon, thank you. Thank you so much for, for pulling yourself out of bed to, to make this episode happen today. <laughs> well, I've, and I, every time I visit California, without fail, without fail, I either get sick in the middle of it or on my way back. And the first day or so back here in Hawaii, I'm just like laid up. And I, I took an extra day off of work just just in case. So I was like, oh, you know what? I get in, I fly in at nine. I land at land at nine. I don't want to go directly to work in the next morning. And God, thank thank God, thank <laughs> thank the Ricks that I did that. Well, well, luckily uh, you've been you've been saving your voice all day so that we can we can. <laughs> this this is the one like hour that we'll have you talk, and then maybe you can get better. Uh, and and a shout out to all the people that you flew on a plane with for six hours or so who uh, now refer to you as patient zero. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for all, all of those folks. I feel bad for all of them too, as I'm like, like trying to like muffle my sniffles. <laughs> ah, yes. That you're just trying to like look not completely destroyed by, by a virus. Yeah. While, while you travel, you look like Jerry when he's being wheeled into uh the alien hospital at the beginning of interdimensional cable Two. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. Just puking on flight attendants and things like that. That's the one. Uh, uh, well, well, again, thank you, Brandon, for for we'll, we'll I'll try to make this as painless as possible on you, and of course to the listeners, Unity. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, excited to be discussing yet another episode of Rick and Morty this week. If you want to share your thoughts on this podcast or the Rick and Morty series, uh, hit us up on social media over at Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod, over on our subreddit Rick and Morty Podcast you can check out our website, apatheticenthusiasm.com slash rickandmortypodcast, or shoot us an email, rickandmortypodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can buy the t-shirt that Brandon is currently wearing over on our T Public page. Not that you can see it. I know it's an audio podcast, but you know, maybe one day somebody will uh, hit up our Patreon, which I'll get to in a second. But yeah, head up our T Public page, apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop. Uh, and then, yeah, we Patreon, you can... You can see video uh, versions of this show if you subscribe. You can see exactly how sick Brandon is. Uh, you can see every time he like avoids the microphone to cough away from the so, mic. You could so much, so so many inside things you could do if you head over to Patreon.com/slash Rick and Morty Pod. Uh, lots of different perks you can take advantage of if you become a patron over there. Uh, Brandon, I, I want you to be able to catch your breath. I want you to compose yourself. Because it is now time for semi-pertinent news. Oh shit! Um, okay, here, here we here we go. <laughs> semi-pertinent news is the one for you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Don't don't force it. Don't don't push it too hard. Uh, that actually I, I, that, I, that actually started off as like the the Mentos theme song a little bit. <laughs> it was it was starting off as a do 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 Nothing gets news goes you. better. Yeah, news is fresher. Yeah, fresh and full of news. 
Uh, and see, I could do it too. It's not just you, Brandon. <laughs> you need to do it for the next one. I'm so out of it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. First up uh, on the newsreel here, uh, in, this week in Sauce News, uh, they, we finally got to see the Sauce in action. The the folks over at Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland, Dan Harmon, uh, a bunch of the writers got together and cracked open uh, Roiland's personal reserve of Szechuan sauce and they bought all the chicken nuggets all the chicky McNugs and uh, and they tried the sauce and then posted videos of it up on Instagram and over on Twitter uh, we retweeted a few of those earlier in the week but uh, it was and I, I, the reason I want to point this out is because you know the whole sauce craze I was never that bought into it you know I was like yeah it'd be cool to try the sauce but you know whatever like there's tons of sauces available but when Mike McMahon uh, <laughs> tried the sauce, he tried it and then referred to it as a sugary General So flavor. And I, I don't know about you, Brandon, but when I go to fast food Chinese food, I'm all about that General's chicken. So that that description right there put me over the edge. And I was like, man, I'm in. I need the sauce. I was when you put this specific quote in there, I was wondering what I, I don't know what's special about Mike McMahon's quote opposed to any of, of the other ones. And OK, well, it I, was life changing. I know, I know. <laughs> it was life changing for me, Brandon. I know now. And and uh, Justin Roiland just tweeted today. Actually, this is Tuesday now, the 22nd. Uh, he tweeted for everyone to follow Mike Harris on Twitter to try to get the sauce back. So, yeah. Uh, so go follow the sauce boss and we are, we're still in communication with him. We'd love to get him on the, on the podcast sometime in the future. Uh, so as soon as he clears it with that small privately owned organization known as McDonald's. Yes. Yeah, so gra- uh, grassroots. We, we'll try to make that happen. Yeah. Non- nonprofit. <laughs> exactly. They're, <laughs> you know, just a small mom and pop operation, but yeah. Uh, all right. So that's, that's it for sauce news. Um, another, another big thing that happened this week uh, for those of you that follow some of the animation team over on Twitter, you saw that they uh, did a toast to celebrate the completion of animation for season three. That's right, season three. We we just had the halfway point episode this week, and in that same week, they just finished the first pass of animation. So uh, these guys are still working hard. They're drawing it, as Dan Harmon might say. Uh, but this is a huge step in the completion of having all the episodes done and on time for air. So congratulations to the animation team for getting that done. Congr- congrats to them. Uh, they, they shotgunned beer. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I what, also what better sh- way to celebrate than. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so, it's so classy. Um, I, did you see what kind of beer it was? I don't know. I don't know if it matters, but I don't know. They're up, they're up in Canada. The, they do a lot of the animation, uh, is done up in Canada. So I'm sure it was, I don't know, like a, uh, I don't know whatever a Canadian beer is that Mol- I can't think of. Off Molson, the- Molson, Molson, Molson's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, so then our third bit of semi-permanent news. Um, in, in I'm, uh, this we could have thrown this at the end of the main thing, but uh, I went I went while I was in California before I got sick to see Rick and Morty watch Rick and Morty live uh, over at Starburns Castle. And I talked about going to see Harmontown before uh, and, and how awesome an experience that was. But going to see Rick and Morty uh, live with just with a huge audience is a different experience. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great experience. Like somebody asked me after I got back, um, what, what did you think of the episode, right? Because you go in there, uh, you, you sit in the, the stands or the, the, the chairs that are on the floor. 
and then you know you watch you watch the episode live and then everyone's like laughing at the same time and um and after i got home they're like oh so what'd you think of the episode did you like that episode and i was like i did but i don't know if i liked it more because i was with a group of people who are also cracking up at all these different parts right um, yeah, it's like that. It's like that idea that when you go see like a, a comedy, like, and you go see a comedy in a theater, uh, when there's a whole group of people that are laughing at a joke, even if you didn't find it quite as funny because everyone else is laughing, you kind of, you kind of let go a little bit more and just kind of enjoy the entire uh, movie or, or show a little bit better. Yeah, within a group setting. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of seeing horror movies in groups of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Where I'm like, shut up. Like, I want to be scared. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's really awesome. And then, so after uh, after the episode is aired, then there's a, a, a an intermediate comic who just kind of keeps a, tries to keep the motivation up. Ian Abramson. By the way, he actually, before the episode started, he came out and he warmed the audience up. And he did this pretty unique thing that I'd never seen a stand-up do. Was he got audience participation by saying, like, I want to read lines from a movie with you. And as the audience, you, uh, you know, hold this, these pieces of paper up in front of you, you say the lines, and then I will say the lines in uh, back to you. Uh, and so the audience read uh, lines for the notebook. <laughs> All right. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Yeah. And then, and then he talked about going to the Oscars after we're done with that. And then he had a, an acceptance speech for us to say. And, <laughs> and he wrote, and this is like, this is so, you know, clever of him. He put his name on there so the audience would would say his name out loud, and I went with my brother in law Robert and my my brother Brett, and well, guess what? That was the best way for us to remember his name. So Ian Abramson, <laughs> good job. We remember you. Wait, way to go. Uh, how did you feel about um, kind of getting to have the the panel of guests on there and um, just getting that insight firsthand? Uh, it, was it was there any like, and did it feel any different being there live or seeing it uh, on a live stream or on YouTube or something like that? I, I think that when you're, when you're there and, and first I want to say Sam J, she did a much, much better job than she's done in the last few weeks. Like, I think this is the best job she did as just being a host and guiding the questions and not, and not trying to like compete with the, the talent that's up on the stage. And I don't know if that had to do with, um, you know jack black being up there or not but uh she did a much better job he, he sort of commands attention <laughs> uh in and of itself so yeah. yeah um but you know they 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 come out there and, and just being like i was only three rows back from the stage and just like being close enough to to touch or throw a rock at that was such such a cool experience being that close to, to people who you respect in in some way shape or form ryan ryan ridley uh jack black and of course, you know, Jer the Jerry man himself, Chris Parnell. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, did you, and you didn't get a chance to ask, ask a question though. Apparently you sat right near the, <laughs> the Q's and the A's that were happening. Uh, I have one other random question, which uh, isn't necessarily about your experience, but more about the Ricky Morty experience in general. And that is, it is built. It's constructed like an after show, very much like the talking dead episodes uh, that run immediately after Walking Dead. The show, I think, builds well off being seen immediately after uh, the episode, which is what they did the first couple weeks. And when they stopped live streaming the episodes on adultswim.com, 
they they also sort of stopped doing the Rick and Morty episodes, and you, you they don't really put them up until a day after. Yeah, uh, I know you got to experience it right after watching the episode, but for me, I feel like the show loses a little bit of weight having a twenty four hour gap between when the show, like the actual Rick and Morty show, comes on and the after show. What what do you think about that? Like, I I I completely agree with what you're saying, but it's 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 similar to us wanting to have a podcast out podcast episode out as soon as we can after the episode airs like i'm fully expecting this this episode not to have as many numbers as our past episodes because we waited you know an extra day or so um so uh, you know there's a sense of urgency i think when you're when you're trying to keep up like when we did used to do movie reviews for movies that just came out right like oh the avengers came yeah. out oh let's make sure that we're on the wave we're on top of the wave going we don't want to be like two weeks down the road, like. And now we just reviewed Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, like um, eight well, years later. All right, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And and basically, this is my way of saying we're gonna do. I want to watch. I, I want to watch <laughs> Rick and Morty right after the show is on because I want to immediately have that you know additional supporting stuff. But yeah. If they can't, maybe maybe we'll just start live streaming uh, after the show. Uh, one, so one, with, with with no prior coordination, I'm just going to throw that out there. Right? One last story before we get into the main thing. Uh, so you know, I, again, I was three rows back, and Jack Black came out, and then he was talking, and then Dan Harmon came out for a brief second, and he he has the casting fairy to get Jack Black a cast cast on the show, and <laughs> pretty much from the time Ricky Morty started, the the actual panel portion. I had to piss so bad. <laughs> and I'm and like, I don't know when there's a good time for me to go because I don't know like where the cameras are. And like, no one, no one had explicitly said, don't stand up. If you're here, you, you know, you're here. So I'm like, ah, do I, do I go piss or, uh, and then at, they were showing clips. They showed clips for each, each person. So Ridley, all his voices that he did, uh, Parnell, all his Jerry bits, and then they got to Jack Black, and Jack Black was doing, he did a bunch of Channel 101 stuff with Dan Harmon and, and those guys back in the day. And so the lights dimmed, and they showed the Channel 101 stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And like I ran, like, like combat, uh, combat ran, like where you're like, kind of like ducking <laughs> down. Combat ran to the bathroom, and I, and I peed. And then, like, I, it was so long. My PS was so long. <laughs> By the time you, know I, you know, it's weird. I, I was catching up on Rick and Morty last night and watching it, uh, the, the, the video from, from that night. And when they showed Chris Parnell's best moments from the show and they showed like the clips of Jerry, there was no audio on the feed. Oh, really? Uh, I don't. And, and then, and it was also like 1230 at night and I really should have gone to sleep. <laughs> so that's when I decided to stop watching. But, um, it, I don't know, just. Yeah. Whoever's editing that show for for broadcast, uh, just just a just a small note. Yeah, the, the, there, uh, was, the, there was there no were audio. there were no issues on our end, but uh, yeah, well, I, you know, I think the stream has had issues before. So, anyways, whatever. That's it. It's fun. Well, you guys, if cool. you're in LA, oh, overall, and, it, and, yeah. the, and, and Rick and Morty is still on the air. Uh, they're they're showing it. The tickets are free. You just have to go to uh, Starburns and then get the tickets from Eventbrite and show up like an hour early because the line gets pretty long. Yeah, go check it out. All right, thank you, Brandon, for that uh, news from the field. <laughs> your, 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 <laughs> My your exclusive report. Uh, and and now it is time. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. For the main thing. Ga 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 ga. Main thing. 
<laughs> you killed it. That's I good. I, 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 wanna, I don't want any... You know, I almost thought of telling you ahead of time to like bring one of your guitars up and uh, and just 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 jam out a riff on there or something. Uh, preserve preserve the money maker that is your voice. Uh, all right, so this week's episode was the Whirly Durly Conspiracy episode three hundred five. Can you believe it? We're already halfway through season three. Can't. That's that's we're we're at, we're over the hump. That's it's sad. I, really, I'm depressed just thinking about it uh this episode was written by uh as you mentioned before ryan ridley directed by juan meza leone and wes archer and special guest actor clancy brown as risotto groupon yes uh, clancy right. brown uh he's uh, you know which, you might you guys might recognize him unity you might recognize him from uh the that that one that one breakout movie the shawshank redemption he was also uh, in Starship Troopers and The Angry Beavers. Uh, that's where that's where I, uh, my wife always tells me about because her dad created Angry Beavers. So he's like, "Oh, Clancy Brown, uh, he was a bear in Angry Beavers." That's how Chelsea <laughs> talks about it. That that's exactly how it sounds every time she talks about Angry Beavers. <laughs> uh, all right, so so what happened in this episode? Uh, we had a pretty standard A plot B plot this time. Uh, it starts off with Rick kidnapping Jerry to take him out on a pity adventure to try and make Morty happy. Uh, Jerry is approached by Risotto Groupon to conspire to kill Rick on the Whirly Durly roller coaster. Jerry has a change of heart mid-ride, and the two destroy the ride and then are forced to travel through a wormhole in order to get back home. Uh, things get weird in this one, bro. That's the, right. the, 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 worm, the whole wormhole thing... I am very excited to talk to you about this because we actually haven't talked about this episode at all, even even offline. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. When I saw that scene, I was like, "Oh, Brandon, Brandon is Brandon has thoughts right now." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what's going on in the B plot? Summer is dumped by Ethan, uh, dumped for a girl with quote stripper boobs, uh, and she is struck with a body image crisis. She attempts to use Rick's Morphizer XE to increase her bus size and ends up as a 50 foot tallish teenager. Uh, Beth attempts to rick her way out of the situation, uh, but she falls short. And in the end, it's her skills as a mom that win the day. Morty flexes his adventure muscles and teaches Ethan a lesson. When, when you, uh, when you were writing this out, Travis, Beth's attempts to rick her way out of the situation fall short. Was that, was that a joke? Was that a joke about being really, really tall, Travis? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a height joke uh, i hadn't really or hadn't really considered that um puns just flow naturally from me uh it's it's like my life energy and uh, i i'm a dad so dad jokes are sort of my go-to form of comedy um all right brandon so yeah. the first thing i wanted to discuss about this episode is the jerry rick relationship yeah um it goes through a series of uh ebbs and flows and there are times where, I mean, I think this episode, more so than any other, uh, we really get to the root of um, what the Jerry-Rick relationship is and sort of the issues that they have with one another and also the animosity that they may have. Um, but it's also the first time where there seems to be any kind of like mutual respect between the two of them. Uh, I mean, is that is that sort of how you felt about it or... Yeah, well, so during during Rick and Morty, and even in the the video uh, that that Adult Swim pushes out after the that that talks about the episode, 
Brian Ridley talks about them going through this this apotheosis uh, when they go through that wormhole, right? And and between them and Risotto Groupon, uh, like they they have they have a closeness that no other really character has had in the sh- in the show. Like between we'll we'll throw out Risotto, but between Rick and Jerry, like they have basically spent a lifetime together. Uh, and and I I think. Ridley mentions this, and I think that's a really big part of it. Like, not only did throughout the course of the episode do, uh, do they under start understanding each other's point of view a little bit and allowing themselves to just just you know a bond over a drink uh, before right. before Jerry tries to get uh, Rick killed, but you know they they're they're to a point where okay, you know what? Yeah, I was an asshole. I was an asshole. And we're both assholes in our own way, um, but you know, let's let's fix let's maybe not fix stuff, but at least understand where the, the other is coming from. Yeah, I I think that the uh, the the conversations that took place at the bar when they are um, when they're just kind of hanging out, uh, it it was interesting that because you you actually have Rick apologizing to Jerry for sort of his his actions his his part in splitting them up uh he 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 seems like he's at least in some small even if he's not willing to you know help repair what he did he at least uh takes uh responsibility for having a role in that which i think is is a big step in this and i feel like it's one of the first times where he really in in a non-patronizing way is talking to jerry like an actual person instead of just a plague on society. You know, he's, he's, he's actually having a conversation with him where he, it, it feels like it's a two way communication. And, and do you think that is because, because Rick won? And so, because, because Jerry's not a threat in any way right now anymore, that because he's won, because Jerry has no power over the family whatsoever, Rick can be open with them and he can say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm gonna go apologize to um, uh, Beth when I when I get home, right? When they first get on the whirly Durly. because I, I think that's I think that's definitely possible. Yeah, and I I feel like um, because as the, as the episode continues to go on and they get into some problems and and Rick finds out that that Jerry does double cross him, uh, he he falls right back into a, a traditional Rick and Jerry relationship where he's he's again condemning jerry for his personality and talking about his weakness and how he uses it as a strength and and uses it to manipulate people and and uh, you know they kind of fall back into those same uh you know issues that they've had with each other all along that that whole the whole part about jerry being this manip- manipulative whether he knows it or not uh this kind of like this pity sucker <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know if that, that's what, that's what we call him like, do you think do you think that Jerry intentionally knows that he's a pity sucker, or is it, you know, is that is that something that, like, he had to have Rick, kind of, force out of him, open maybe. his eyes to that, yeah, during that worm wormhole sequence. I I think deep down Jerry probably has an awareness of that aspect of his personality. If you go back to the episode where Beth and Jerry are getting, uh alien marriage counseling and they, they have these simulated versions of how he, they see each other. And when Beth visualizes him as a, a helpless worm, um, I think that that's, 
I think that's an, you know, Jerry sees that and he, he understands that that's maybe uh, an image of himself that he's putting off. I don't, I feel like it gives him too much credit for him to use that as an angle to manipulate others. I don't, I really just don't think that the character of Jerry is, is set up with that like conniving twist on, on the side where he's, he's using that to his advantage. I gotcha. Yeah. I think that's just how he's managed to survive the, you know, 40 ish years that he's been on, on the planet (laughs) just by, by being mediocre and not, not drawing too much attention to himself where he's (laughs) allowing folks to have enough pity on him to, give him a job or, or marry him or, you know, (laughs) things like that. Yeah. And, and I know, I know people like that in my, in my life and I, in who they're just like, ah, I don't have a job. Uh, I, you know, everything is, is awful and, and they're not necessarily doing it manipulatively, but you just want to, for some of us, we just want to be like, look, I, I did it. I just went out there and I got a, I got a job. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to belittle anybody who you know has legitimate issues <laughs> finding careers, but uh, like, just want them to just take responsibility and start bettering themselves. And I think that's that's where what Rick has always had animosity towards him with. Like, you know what, Jerry, you can be better, but you just decide to be this this pitiful shit. Right, and and I think one of the interesting things as as the episode continues on. Uh, once they escape the jungle and find their way to a form of uh, wormhole travel, which there was no mention of a portal gun. I don't know why Rick wouldn't have his portal gun on him uh, in this episode. I think it's just sort of a convenient way to to direct the episode where it needed to go and force them onto this, you know, air, you know, spaceship liner type thing. But uh, I, that was just one thing I noticed. I was like, well, why wouldn't they just portal out of there? Uh, the, maybe he left it in the spaceship. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, but anyway, so we get the uh, the neutralized version of Rick after he steps through security, and we see all these cybernetics that have been built into Rick, and they neutralize him. And now you have almost like a uh, a, a switching of roles where instead of Rick being the one that's in control, Jerry has all the control, and he's responsible for taking care of a helpless Rick. What, what what did you think about sort of that that switch in the in their behavior? I I don't think it was explored enough personally. Like that was that was yeah. a good it was a good situation and really if like the entire episode was like that or they devoted more time to that aspect of it, I think it would have been way better, right? Because because there's there's something there to to show how competent or incompetent Jerry can be when he's better than better and smarter than the other person right when he's not when he's not the most helpless creature in the galaxy yeah exactly. and, and has to be taken to a place where no one can die exactly uh, right. and, and yeah i i and, thought it was really interesting how like when he's given that power he almost becomes a little rickish and and is is messing with rick and 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 not letting him have the things that he wants or or you know even like the fake like flinch punch towards rick he's <laughs> He's 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 messing with him sort of in the way that I would expect Rick to traditionally mess with Jerry. Yeah, it's ex- it's extremely petty. Uh but you know like in in some ways Jerry has earned that being able to to, <laughs> yeah. to treat Rick like like that for a minute, but uh 
but I would have liked to have explored Jerry leading Rick on an adventure for oh, a majority yeah. of the episode instead of the other and, way around. And and I think it does ultimately add to the conclusion of this episode where we do see a change in both of the characters and and how they they deal with each other and their willingness to have some sort of actual like Rick's willingness to have a relationship with Jerry. He invites him in at the end of the episode, which seems genuine and Jerry's confidence and his, his willingness to say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm not going to be the helpless creature that, uh, that Beth would expect. I want to earn my way back into the family, uh, you know, in a way that that is worthwhile. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's the biggest thing for Rick to, give Jerry any kind of respect for for Jerry to actually respect himself a little bit more and and take responsibility so uh all right so I will I will talk a little bit more about the wormhole sequence uh in just a little bit but I want I want to shift gears to the the other half of this episode uh that deals with Summer and Beth and Morty uh Summer has pretty much been with Ethan off and on for the entirety of the series so there's been sort of a an unspoken relationship with him. I don't, was Ethan the one that had the second version of anatomy park being built in him? Yeah. Yeah. It's been so long since we've seen Ethan. It's been since anatomy park that the last time we saw him. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, uh, but apparently they were still seeing each other, uh, up until this point when, when Beth is dumped or I'm sorry, not Beth, uh, when summer is dumped, and uh, immediately starts to question herself, question her self-worth. And uh, the logical thing for her to do is go talk to her mom about it. Unfortunately, Beth is too engrossed in her own uh, issues and, and trying to creatively craft a hoof, hoof sculpture uh, that, <laughs> yeah. she's, that she's not in that, in that mental state to to help summer with her problems, which ends up causing summer to go and rely on, on Rick's gadgets in the garage instead. Coolsies. Um, coolsies. That was, that was a great one liner uh, in this episode. What I want to talk about Beth for a second. It, it's interesting because if you look back at the season premiere, the April 1st premiere of this season, Beth seems very ready to accept divorce as an option and cast Jerry aside but in every episode since then, we've really seen Beth struggle in her own way with being divorced and not not being with Jerry anymore. How do you feel about what Beth is dealing with, and and what is your what is your take on on where she is uh, in the series? Well, Beth, this this whole the the hoof sculpturing and her wanting to be around her dad and be like her dad. I think I think the hoof sculpture is a perfect example of her trying to express herself and trying to like be an individual and do her you know come up with something great right in <laughs> in in this in the same episode you see Rick you know let Jerry get eaten by the worm cut him out uh, he's covered with the juices and he puts fans all over and then then they get a ride right like this whole yeah. contraption. But you have Beth, who's also trying to build all this. She's trying to build a hoof sculpture with, uh, we're assuming, uh, hooves that she stole from the, the horse hospital. Right? Perfectly, le- perfectly legal, Morty. Don't, 
don't worry about it uh yeah they just let her walk out with a bag of hooves <laughs> as as morty continues to question uh yeah it's really interesting to me i i mean i think one of the things that has been characteristic of beth for the entire series has been her dissatisfaction with her marriage and and her expectation that that jerry is the one that's kind of holding her back from potential you know greatness in life she's she became a horse surgeon instead of a human surgeon maybe yeah. because of 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 jerry and her relationship and and she's just not where she would she would be in the me seeks episode you know she's talking about the the traveling the things that she would do but now that jerry is not in the picture uh, she's not necessarily doing all those things and she's not necessarily in that place. And yeah. so I'm wondering if Beth is dealing with uh, maybe her own limitations and the fact that maybe she thinks she should be like Rick. And be, I mean, she's Rick's daughter, so maybe she should be this person that's out on intergalactic adventures and doing the things that Rick would be doing. Um, but maybe maybe that's not really who Beth is and she's having a hard time coming to grips with that fact I, I don't know that's speculation but it's just something i i think as they continue through the season and we see more about how beth is dealing with you know being on her own so to speak i'm I'm curious to see where she gets in that journey so so there, there's two there's two points and one is beth living up to rick's legacy right you have you have this father who is so smart you could do all this crazy crazy shit and uh you're a you're a horse surgeon right <laughs> right and i mean the best horse surgeon no argument from me but no, you're a horse surgeon <laughs> right right and, and like now she now she's free and now she's she wants to live up to that legacy but she she doesn't she doesn't have it right now maybe she'll have it later but i mean uh, the assumption is rick has spent a lifetime getting to this the way he is right right the the second the second point is i go back to the first interdimensional episode where Clearly, without Jerry, even though she would be a famous human surgeon, uh, she would be miserable, right? Sure. And, yeah. and we're, we're, I mean, we're getting back to that point where, well, clearly she's miserable without Jerry, but she's she's focusing her attention now on, like, well, I'm without Jerry, that that's good, finally. But now let me focus on my relationship with my father, uh, and and I think that it go, and then it goes back to the episode you referenced with the codependency stuff. Like that's what codependency is. It makes <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you know, you hold each other back or you prop each other up and it's not super healthy, but yeah. Uh, all right. So, so moving on, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about Morty in this episode. Uh, despite being a titular character, he is, is really not in the episode a whole lot. He, he, but he does something in this episode that, I think shows a significant character development and progression for him. He really is the one that is in control and seems to uh, be the one that can kind of write the ship uh, in this storyline. So even though Beth is really trying to take charge and be the one that's going to fix the situation for summer, uh, Morty is a little bit more calm about the situation. And realistically his first uh, idea is to call, just call Rick and have Rick fix the problem. But uh, in the end, he does manage to figure out the the way to operate the, the Morphizer XE. And and then at the very end, uh, has, a, has a sit-down chat with, with Ethan to kind of, um, you know, drive that, that lesson home for him. Uh, what do you think about 
how i mean really the beginning of the series morty was the helpless character that was incapable of of fending for himself and and now he's he's certainly not helpless what what do you think about where morty is right now in the series he's been he's been through enough stuff with rick as we saw in the vindicators episode last week where he's like yeah i'll defuse a bomb 40 percent chances of dead anyway and and him now like his first inclination is to call Rick, right? Because this is Rick level stuff. Let Rick figure it out. Uh, but when he's when he's cornered by his mom, with his mom trying to figure stuff out and his mom doing stuff wrong, he's like, like he's like, I, I know enough about this to try to to fix it without Rick's help. And like he's been through enough adventures with Rick. Beth has not. And Beth is like, oh yeah, it's it's easy enough. Like she hasn't been through all like the rigmarole and all the zany adventures, <laughs> right? <laughs> the uh, the the potential confusion uh, that that can arise when you're dealing with intergalactical gizmos and things like that. Yeah, yeah. and and so so I I forget where I read this or saw this, and so I I'm not taking credit for it, but they talk about how. You know, Summer is like the start of the episode. She goes in the garage and she knows all uh, of Rick's like little passwords and stuff like that. She's unfazed by all like this this being in a green goo, right? And and she's she's just really smart, but she's impulsive. And then Morty, who's not the smartest guy, right? But he like he's willing to tinker with this Excel thing uh, slowly, methodically, and then actually figure out how it works instead of just like jumping right into it. Um, I I think that's a kind of distinguishing feature between the two siblings. Anyway, um, absolutely. Uh, all right. So I think uh, before we move into some of our favorite b- bits and uh, stray observations from the show, I, I did want to kind of cover sort of like a, a season or series uh, size topic, if you will, and that's and that's this idea of character development versus series consistency. Uh, when I think of like the Simpsons, uh, you know, the, the characters in the Simpsons have essentially been the same age for decades. Uh, shows like the, like family guy, the, the characters pretty much maintain the same age and characteristics, uh, which allows the show to have consistency and repeat the same sorts of situations, uh, over a long period of time. Rick and Morty is not going with that approach and they are doing things, especially in this season to show significant character development and show these characters and their relationships changing. Uh, How do you feel about that? How do you like, does it, does it leave you wanting them to maybe be back at a certain, you know, relationship level where they can go and just kind of do the same sorts of adventures? Or are you excited to see the characters change over time and, and kind of grow as, as actual, you know, people would. Yeah. You, I, I got this from last week's episode where some folks have been like, ah, that, that feels like a Rick and Morty episode from season one to season two. I felt like this episode is more of a season one, season two episode because you're in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because you're getting, you're getting character development, but because, because it's, it's like, it's a new adventure, I guess, between, between Rick and Jerry that right. it, it feels like, like, I don't know. I can't, exp- I have a hard time explaining it. It's just, it just, this feels like much more of a season one, season two episode. Uh, because it's, I, I, I do think in a lot of those early episodes, Morty was 
like the helpless fall guy who who relied on Rick and Rick's intelligence and experience to get through those situations. And in this episode, Jerry fell into that role. He obviously doesn't hasn't been on these adventures with Rick, so he is going to be allowed to be swallowed by a snake so that he can be used as bait. He's going to be surprised when they get into certain situations. Yeah and not know it, the right way to handle himself. Yeah, even even getting pulled out of the bed like like Rick pulled Morty out of bed way right. back when, right? <laughs> like it it, just, it it feels like uh weirdly a uh a new start in a, in a way. Um but I you know, I think I think this show needs that. It it can't have just it can't have just a new adventure without any kind of consequence for the characters from from episode to episode. And I think just based off of what we're seeing for next week, uh, where they take a Rick, Rickation. <laughs> yeah, right. That, uh, that does not seem to go well, uh, based on the trailers, but yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I think it would be easy for the writers to kind of throw things at the wall, come up with crazy adventures and every week just, you know, kind of, go through the same motions where Rick's super smart and Morty is bumbling, doesn't understand what's going on. You know, Summer's a bored teenager and they just kind of come up with new jokes and do the same thing over and over again. But this show is unique. They're not doing that. And so, yeah, maybe the show may feel a little bit different going forward. Maybe the episodes won't always have the same feel. Um, But I respect the risks that the writers are taking and that the show at large is taking to you know, move in a different direction and try to tell a bigger story. And, uh, I don't know. I, I say carry on. Good job guys. And, and, and really you, you mentioned, Oh, this, this felt like more of a Rick and Morty episode. I mean, they're all Rick and Morty episodes. And, and I think realistically for me, uh, the episodes that we look back at season one and season two, the things I pull out of those are because I've watched them, multiple times yeah. or i've revisited the series a lot of times and because these are new episodes they don't really feel to me like a rick and morty season one season two episode until i've rewatched it one two three times yeah and i revisit it and then i pick out those bits that really stand out or i pick out the the concepts that that really stick with me and and i think it's because it's fresh and it's new that it doesn't always necessarily feel like those older episodes do I, I completely agree with that, Travis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, let me let me ask uh, let me ask you some of your favorite bits. Let's talk about let's talk about favorite bits and stray observations. Obser- uh, observations. One of the first things that that I really liked about this episode was that uh, immortality field. Uh, that the the things that they did where they had the kids running around shooting each other and then like <laughs> coming right back to life and and just the way that they could completely you know, like knock people's heads off and they'd grow right back. And then, and then the jokes that were, that were right there and available once that immortality field was turned off and uh, like with the siblings shooting each other, like so, that, that so for dark. me was one of the biggest laughs, even though it was so dark. Like it just, it cracked me up when, when that <laughs> brother was just like, uh, uh, hello. Like, that, ta- they take, that takes oh. me back to the keep summer safe with the, the, the baby, <laughs> right. the baby melting in his arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like so so dark. Uh neutralized Rick, that that that's a good one, right? Yeah, I, I shoot, thought it was cool. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I want a cookie. <laughs> like <laughs> just I don't know, the way that, that Rick to see Rick in that helpless 
way. And, and anytime I think in the show that we see Rick not completely himself uh, is kind of a cool thing. And I also found it really interesting that they gave us like an x-ray of Rick and you could see just how much cyborg stuff he's got going on in there. Yeah. Uh, is, is Rick ever going to die or is he just going to go completely cyborg and, and just, I don't know. It's, my, he's got he's got a lot of stuff going on that that we still that we aren't sure about. My my favorite uh, my favorite part of his cybernetics is that his his whole arm his whole cybernetic arm is just a pop gun with a little plunger on it <laughs> with a suction cup on it. Yeah, <laughs> like the way that they 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 drew that and wrote it into the show where he didn't just have something in his arm to shoot with, but that he he disarmed his opponent with a suction cup and then shot him with his own gun. <laughs> Really good stuff. And, and he fumbles with it for a half a second. Have fumbles, right. fumbles with the gun. Uh, <laughs> uh, the wormhole sequence. Okay, so you wanted to talk to me about the wormhole sequence. What did you? I, wa- I do. All right. So uh, I know that one of y- the things that you really like from previous seasons is the Hello Moon Man uh, sequence. Um, it's very artistic, Pink, Pink Floydish, very much, and and sort of that that Pink Floyd type of. Uh, I don't know. It. I just picked up a lot of those same vibes in the sequence, and I was and I was really interested to see what you thought about it. If you liked it, if you uh, if if you were like, okay, this is a little too abstract and avant garde, or if you're just like, <laughs> yeah, this is cool. Well, you you, you I fe- I feel like you know me well enough to know that I would uh, that I love the sequence. Uh, <laughs> it reminds uh, coming into season three when they're like uh, they had that one really really trippy video with all the different animators in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay here we go video uh you know i just that that i can respect animation in general because it's something i can't do and the the animation where everything like flows into a something else it it's it's amazing it's amazing to me i i can't comprehend how anybody like goes from one form to a different form and then goes into a different style from a different style. <laughs> that's, that's right. Sounds yeah. stupid. Uh, uh, I, I have to give uh serious props to Erica Hayes, the storyboard artist who, who worked on this episode. Uh, if you follow our Twitter account, we retweeted a tweet uh, earlier today where she showed her contribution to that sequence. She, she has an animatic that's been uh, co- colorized a little bit, but it, um, it shows, almost shot for shot everything that was in that sequence. And so to see those original ideas and how much of it uh, translated to the the final form that was presented on TV. uh, I mean, yeah, mad props to her and the directors of the show and, and everybody that, that made that sequence possible because they do contribute a lot of different art styles and, and, and things like that to, to kind of, step outside from the traditional Rick and Morty um, sort of style and, and do something really crazy. Yeah. I, I read something that said uh, the, when Jerry's an antelope, it's like an animorph thing. I, I don't know. I, I okay. never, I never read animorphs, but uh, he's, he's an antelope and he's eating grass and we know he likes to weed whack. Right. And, sure. and mm-hmm. then and he gets, he gets attacked by Rick as a lion. And I, I think, I think that's a good representation of the food chain on which they find themselves where and and Rick and then sex and then him. awkwardly intercut with <laughs> yeah. some graphic uh you know heavy petting between the two of them yes. as well. 
I feel like I feel like that's uh, that represents Rick fucking with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he still has shit on his ass. So, <laughs> shit on my ass. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. One one other thing that I really enjoyed from this episode was the custer. I'm sorry, the customer support uh, for the Morphizer XE. Uh, I just I just like those like you know white collar dudes with their with their ties that that trick Beth into releasing them from their captivity inside the machine. Uh, and, and the little clip that they show at the end of the episode where they're just kind of chilling out by the drainage ditch. Uh, one of them <laughs> guys, we promised we weren't going to talk about work now. Let's, <laughs> let's just, uh, and that's, that's that same time when you get to see how horribly disfigured Ethan ends up, uh, thanks to Morty. Which, so, which by, um, which by the way, we go back, go back half a second to talk about Morty being more competent. Also being more of a dick when he tells like yes when he tells Gene to go screw off and then also like careful Ethan your s'mores are burning <laughs> yeah yeah he, that was th- that whole sequence right there with uh with him and him by the campfire and just I don't know that was that was definitely more of a Rick move uh, I think in Morty than we would think a traditional Morty might behave in a situation. Yeah. It, because it's showing Morty, not as just some helpless kid, but a, but a capable student of Rick and, yeah. <laughs> and using this technology to basically get back uh, anybody who's against his family. Right. Which is, which yeah, is basically absolutely. Rick's problem with Jerry. Yeah. That's, that's an excellent point. Uh, all right. A couple of stray observations. Uh, my man, my man, they, they, they did do a, a quick clip where, uh, as they're trying to figure out the, the growth ray, they accidentally shoot a mailbox, which becomes huge and crushes the mailman. Uh, the same mailman that you see in the simulation episode, uh, early season one, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, and it immediately made me think of the Twitter, a troll, if you will. I, I, I hate to call him a troll, but he My is man. a personality on Twitter uh, who has assumed the identity of the mailman from that episode and makes a habit of going on the official Rick and Morty Twitter, uh, many of the artists and writers. Uh, almost anything that they tweet is is rapidly followed by my man <laughs> tweeted by, by this individual. And uh, when I went to Twitter Sunday night after the episode aired, that Twitter account was mourning the death of the mailman and, and, and questioning the writers as to why they could do such a thing. I'm, I'm half curious if it was thrown in as a response to that Twitter account. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give him undue credit, but I would not be shocked if, one day in a writing session while being responded to uh, over and over again by this Twitter account. They're like, you know what? Kill the mailman. Well, so Dan Guterman, he, he posted a tweet and it said meme killing hashtag S three. And it showed the, the mailman getting killed. So shoot. So I I wouldn't, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past him. (laughs) All right. Um, uh, finally, and, and Ryan Ridley was, was there at Ricky Morton. I don't know if you got a chance to ask him this, but I, how many voices did he do in this episode? It seemed like a lot of the smaller characters, uh, received their, their voices from Ridley himself. Well, they, they, they asked him, uh, well, they didn't, well, they did ask him, but they also showed like clips of all the voices he's done throughout the, the show. And he's and I'm like, Oh, Oh, you know what? That is his voice. Oh, he's done a lot of stuff. 
And they asked him if he specifically writes parts in there for himself to 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 speak. <laughs> and I guess the only thing, the only one that he referenced was when he with Coach Ferratu. Uh, <laughs> okay. he, he plays he plays the uh, uh, the vampire at the very end. He's like, "What? Why is this like? Is this a bit? <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you why would you call yourself Coach Ferratu if you're trying to stay hidden?" Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, all right. Uh, finally, uh, we did get uh, some thoughts from Unity uh, since the episode aired. Uh, Eric Paulson, uh, friend of the show, uh, has tweeted at us several times, uh, asked if, did Summer have her hands on a flux capacitor as she was rifling through Rick's garage? Uh, and it definitely looks like one. I, I got a chance to look back at the episode. Uh, it may not have been a spot-on comparison of a flux capacitor, but it definitely looks a lot like a... And an, another back to the future reference. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it, so I, I, I take your word for it, Travis. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's that's our thoughts on on this week's episode, the Whirly Dirly Conspiracy. I'm sure you're, you Unity have plenty of additional thoughts, and feel free to share those with them over on our uh, subreddit, Rick and Morty Podcast.reddit.com, or hit us up on Twitter at uh, Rick and Morty Pod. Uh, and speaking of listener suggestions and short outs, it is now time for us to to cover that section. Listener suggestions of the podcast, <laughs> yeah, with with no music whatsoever, so you can save your voice, uh, Brandon. I, I do. Uh, first, I do. Before before we get into that, Travis, I do want to mention we were, we were supposed to do this at the top of the show and we didn't because we forgot about it. But I just remembered it. Uh, we wanted we want to throw a correction out there for last week's episode. Oh um, yes, that's right. Yes, because uh, we we talked about uh, Doomnomatron. And the world ender as diff as like being the same person, and and I got I, I I don't know how I did it, but I got confused last week thinking that they were the same person. But Doomnomatron was killed on Dorian Five when they blew up that planet. Uh, it's not the same not the same person as World Ender. World Ender clearly right. is yes. is the old. Yeah, I I found one name in the show notes last week and just repeated it over and over again <laughs> for for that character. Uh, so I, I, I take, I take a bit of the blame on that as well. Yeah. We're stupid. Um, we're stupid. I mean, we're not yeah, perfect. You know, we're not perfect. And we appreciate you guys keeping us in check. Uh, Hey, sci-fi pie, uh, who has been apparently mentioned, uh, he got short outs twice in one episode, Whoa. uh, because I think he had sent us an email as well as hit us up on Twitter, uh, with different usernames <laughs> and, uh, and we had mentioned both individuals, uh, but sci-fi pie is our very first uh patron over at patreon.com uh thank you very much for signing up over there if you would like to join sci-fi pie and help support the show so that we can continue to uh you know pay to have it up and and distribute it to all you guys uh we would definitely appreciate all of your help head over to patreon.com slash rick and morty pod and do that uh tweets hit, hit us with some tweets brandon all right first up noob noob clarification oh dan Harmon, he actually responded to us and that was it was like it was, that's like, proof he is aware of our existence. It's like he at least living he a needs dream to know that we do exist. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also Dan Gooderman and at Shovelface. But so I saw a shirt on that one of the other merchandise sites was was selling, and it's had Noob Noob on it, and it was saying "God damn," and I was like, I'm pretty sure it says "God damn." I'm pretty sure he says "God damn." So I so I shot out a tweet to Dan Harmon and a few of the other folks. Saying it's goddamn right, and Dan Harmon says it's goddamn. So there you go. 
So there you go. And and go fix uh, your shirts. <laughs> <laughs> in that meantime, while I was waiting for that uh, definitive clarification, I also turned the uh, the closed captioning on on my TV and, and ran it back on the DVR. And sure enough, it, it, it translated on. Uh, and you know what? We, we really need to get this word out to people because I'm still seeing a ton of, uh, you know, knockoff merchandise, but also like fan-made creations and fan art that uh, is misquoting little old noob noob uh, and uh you know we got we gotta we gotta keep him keep him straight i think there was a writer that's like there was no blasphememing like it's it's got yeah, it or was, whatever it was, i think it was ridley. Matter- yeah yeah that was ridley yeah uh another tweet uh we got from alfie bird uh he asks which interdimensional cable show would we would you guys meaning us yes. uh want to watch the most uh i'd love to watch the episode of gazorp resort field uh, I know Kazorpsorp Field is one of your first introductions to Rick and Morty <laughs> in general, Brandon. But yeah. if you could pick one interdimensional cable show to watch in its entirety, uh, do you know which one you would choose? It would depend on my mood, right? Like if I if I'm if I'm supposed to be paying attention to it, uh, or if it's just like on in the background. Like at my parents' house, because I was staying with my parents while I was in California, they watch a lot of Big Brother, and it's and it's a very okay. very easy show to not pay attention to because they're just it's just noise in the background. So. So for things like that, I would probably have you know man versus car. I just have oh yeah yeah I just have or have, maybe like quick maybe like quick mysteries just so you could just like glance over yeah. and see the quick mystery and then get back to whatever it was that you're doing yeah ex- exactly uh, but if if not that you know I might uh, you know short legs <laughs> or baby legs and regular baby legs. legs yeah uh, I I personally feel like I'd be willing to binge watch a, a season of uh, ball fondlers. <laughs> um it just it's action packed you know and uh i don't know i just think it would uh you know a lot of action and excitement they they look like a knockoff version of the vindicators so yeah, that's true know, maybe check that out <laughs> very good uh no so hopefully those those answers suffice at alfie bird uh over on facebook john gamble sent us the terminal ants pickle rick video travis tell us about pickle rick video uh <laughs> So this this is a a very short video. It's about seven seconds long, uh, but it appears to be. Uh, I want to get my branches correct here, but it's. Uh, I think it's a uh, member of the Marines who is in some sort of uh, gurney type. It looks like something that you would strap someone into if you had to like medically evacuate them using a helicopter, but because of the uniform that they're wearing and the color of uh, the apparatus itself, everything is green. Uh, he does kind of look like a giant pickle and then does a very uh, convincing uh, Rick impression and says, I'm Pickle Rick, I'm Pickle Rick. Uh, so, yeah, it's just just a, a great video of of some some military members goofing off and, and, and enjoying the show. So, yes. so thank you, John Gamble, for that, that vidya. Speaking of uh, enjoying the show, let's move on to some reviews. Uh, so yes. for, first up, we have a two-star without any comments. So, uh, the, we got a two star review, and and we're 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 good with a two star review. Uh, we wanted to say thanks for being honest, uh, for for that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, if, if if you feel like we deserve two stars, thank you for the two stars. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing is, like, and and what I respect most about it is, like, they don't like come out and be like two stars because I don't like the way Brandon's nose uh, is stuffed. Right, like, or like for my Twilight Zone, we're like, uh, I think his wife was drunk. I don't like his wife being drunk. Two stars. Like, it's not like one of those things. It's just a very like 
Yeah, I don't like it. Two stars. And I'm good with Not that. for you. All right. That's cool. Uh, speaking of being honest, uh, Drive-By Genocide hit us with a review over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, they say that this they think it is an upbeat podcast with usually decent takes on the show. Uh, they go on to say that the one guy, Brandon, I think, needs to be more like himself and stop trying to be a podcast parody of Justin Roiland with his stupid improv songs and awkward <laughs> Roiland-esque antics. Uh, five-star review, by the way. So so thank you, Drive-By Genocide, for the five stars. Uh, Brandon. Yeah. Care to respond? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I I appreciate the opinion because you know, I, I could see that. I could see... I, I talked to you about this a little bit, Travis, about, like, it's not... I'm not trying to be like Justin Roiland. I'm not trying to do any awkward Roiland-esque antics. I'm just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can attest, knowing Brandon for uh, close to 10 years now, uh, Brandon is very much being himself on the show. So uh, whether there is a microphone rolling or not, uh, this is Brandon is you get what you get with Brandon right here. So <laughs> he is definitely not trying to emulate anyone. But I appreciate uh, the constructive criticism, and I don't know. We 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 now have two forms of opinion on on your improv songs, Brandon. So uh, <laughs> you know, let us know if you guys if you guys are fed up with the improv songs. Yeah, uh, start sending us some. I'll, I'll make Brandon put them in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I will get I will get rid of them in, in a heartbeat if if we get enough people <laughs> saying like Drive By Genocide that Brandon needs to get rid of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on, a couple other uh, reviews that we got this week uh, from Rick Wants You to Lick His Pickle. Uh, they say that it's like talking to friends with similar interests, and the hosts are very cordial and well-informed. Not too long, not too short. Hopefully we uh, don't go too long on this episode, but there's so much to talk about, Brandon. Yes, as, uh, as, as we pass the hour mark. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Planetary, he finds the... Po- oh, he or she, sorry, excuse, excuse me. Planetary finds the podcast entertaining and keeps an update on news about Rick and Morty. Message for anyone who leaves a bad review. Boo, not cool. Uh, thank you, Planetary. Thank you for defending our honor. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still appreciate the two-star and the five-star that probably would have been a four-star. Uh, but, you know, thank you. Thank you for regardless of who you are and how many stars you give us. Thank you for listening and giving us a chance. Yeah, realistically, everyone, thank you uh, for responding to us, whatever your social platform is that you choose, whether it's tweets or over on, on Facebook, Brandon and I are really just genuinely uh, excited about having the two-way communication and knowing that you guys appreciate the, the podcast and, and that you have really great insight on the show. Uh, hopefully we get an opportunity to share some of your thoughts with other listeners. And so if you, if you're enjoying the show, definitely go out to iTunes or your podcatcher of choosing and leave a review just to let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, hopefully you are enjoying the show. But uh, yeah, and then hit us up on, on, if you're not following us on Twitter, if you're not following us on Facebook, uh, you know, just go click that like button and uh, join the conversation. We will be very excited to have you. Uh, oh, and go over to Patreon and sign up for the, uh, the, the video version of this podcast because every time I do that bit at the end, only you will know what kind of antics Brandon is up to off mic because he almost always is doing something, uh, and I just I can't I can't put it into words. Can't, I can't do it. Can't, can't do it. And and I and I try not to make noises about it because I don't want to come off as too royal and esque. Oh yeah. Well, 
We, no one would accuse you of that, Brandon. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, thank you, Unity. Thank you, one and all, for being a part of the show and being a part of Rick and Morty's community. Like it's 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 freaking awesome. And I know not nobody is listening to the podcast at Rick and Morty, but just know that there are so many others out there just like you that love this show. So, uh, so we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, five more episodes to go, season three. So uh, until next time, I'm Travis. I'm Brandon. Thanks for listening. Yeah. I just knocked over all my Rick and Morty figures. <laughs> <on>. <laughs>